0: I'm Summer Falgiano, and you're tuned in to Badasses in Tech. This week, we're joined by Ayana Miller, data privacy expert and serial entrepreneur. She's about to share how tech helped define her why and give us her scoop on her latest role at Pinterest.
1: Yeah, so my official title is a technical program manager uh, for data and data governance and privacy. Uh, It's a continuation of a role that I've had for a while now. Um, Working in privacy and big data, and figuring out how to keep tech companies from doing creepy stuff with people's data.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So, have have you always been involved in 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 data, or have you always been interested? What what kind of um, what would you say kind of sparked your career in this in this field?
1: Yeah, so I went to I was a policy major. I went to the College of William and Mary, and I thought I was going to work for the government, honestly, or work in some capacity alongside government. Uh, so my first job out of grad school at Carnegie Mellon, um, where I majored in public policy and management, was working for a consulting firm, uh, consulting to the federal government. And there, I was working in a business strategy department, and uh, the focus was mainly on privacy strategy. And at the time, everyone's uh, known and red were happening. And so I was really focused on uh, just like figuring out where I could use my skills and my background, but also realizing tech was going to be huge and big data was going to be huge. And I looked at privacy and I looked at security and there were a lot of um, requirements for uh, becoming certified as a security expert, mm-hmm. uh, you had to have like five years experience versus privacy, this is this new field and yeah. and study for this exam and uh, you can take this this test and become an expert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took the test and became a certified information privacy professional, and that's really kind of what started my career uh, down the path and and being able to leverage on the job training as opposed to having you know years of experience that some other fields require.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so how, how is what you'll be doing at Pinterest different than, I know that you also had similar roles at companies like Snapchat and Facebook. How is what you'll be doing at Pinterest different than those roles? It's not very different at all. Uh,
1: it's still, what happens a lot of times is uh, these tech companies get consent decrees uh, with the federal government. Um, a lot of people know, now are familiar with what's called GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation. Uh, but So Pinterest doesn't have one of those consent decrees, Facebook had it, Snapchat had it, Google has one, lots of companies do, Pinterest doesn't, which is a, a good, good for that for them, um, and I can't talk on behalf of them, but I can sure. just say that what I do is help set up privacy programs and make sure that a company is staying um, in compliance with everything that it says that it's going to do uh, in its privacy policy and making sure that it keeps those promises to its users
0: yeah so that I can only imagine requires a lot of brain power and a lot of conversations and research and time you also have uh, jobs in investing and um, real estate how are you juggling all of those I mean we all have we all have 24 hours in the day we're all all human so how 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 do you do what you do <laughs> and and what do you think uh, are some tips that you can share on really how to how to balance all these different careers
1: so my my biggest advice is to figure out what your why why do you go to work why do you do what you do like what's your your purpose um for me I I really want to leave a legacy for my family and I want my my kids when they say wow like my mom was doing like some some badass stuff like she was just rocking it And I realized that tech is great for that. Like it's a great, it it, it got me in this mindset of being an entrepreneur, but I also knew I didn't want to stay there forever. Um, And so for me, investing is the venue that I can fulfill my long-term dreams and my full-time job uh, is able to, to pay for that and make sure that I can invest. And so that, that's the way I balance like priorities. Like my job comes first, and eventually one day I will retire, uh, and so I won't have to do you know I won't have to work for somebody else if I don't want to. Um, but for now, it's 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 funding my dream, um, and so that's how I prioritize it. If I can't if I can't have my dream, you know, then I, I I need to be able to do that. I need to be able to work to have my dream. So that's what helps me. Um, and then so as I've set this up and it's been really successful for me, as you mentioned, I do um, real estate investing and I also invest in a, a restaurant franchise. The biggest way that those are able to be successful is that I've set up people and systems and teams that I don't have to be there to manage them. Um, I provide like high level strategy and of course the money, um, but I have people that I work with very closely and I trust that uh, manage the day to day. So I don't have to be there present in order to, um, for it to run.
0: Yeah. That again. That sounds like very strategic and, and thoughtful work. So, um, and so, ha- did you always know about this this passion of yours? How did you find the, your passion in investing? Yeah, it
1: started with like just a uh, investigation of like the richest people. How are they rich? Yeah. Uh, the people that are self made. What did they do? Uh, you, you know, you, a lot of people now have started up e-commerce businesses, or you know, selling something online. It's really easy to set up a Shopify store, go sell ads on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere. Um, but the tried and true and like traditional method of making money is in real estate investing. And so once I figured that out, I was like, how do I do this? Um, and I started listening to podcasts, and one of them in particular is called Bigger Pockets. Uh, I never paid for any like. Guru class or system or any of that stuff. I just read a lot of books and figured out that you need a sizable amount of down payment. So I say for years, my husband and I started talking about it many, many years ago. It took us about three years from saying, like, yes, we're going to do this, to actually buying our first uh, multifamily property. And then um, again, using money from our full time jobs to do that, knowing that we had that in mind. Mm-hmm. But once we had it saved up, and got going it became a lot easier to just keep on repeating that process and it's just like working in tech once you've shown that you can do it in one place um, people are more willing to trust you again in another another company or another deal and so for us investing um has become easier We, we have a system in place there so we know exactly what we're looking for and we communicate with other investors Uh, they trust us because they know we've done it before and we we sound like we know what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And so we've been able to be successful with deals there too.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like process is key. Yes. And it sounds like, you know, coupling process with digging into what exactly it is that gets you excited. And and to you, it sounded like, you know, really, really being able to leave a legacy and, and leave a, leave it something nice for your, your family and your kids. And obviously that is going to be easier when you have money. So uh, I, I can definitely see that puzzle. I, I can see the, you know, the steps and, and and all of that. So that's awesome. And something very valuable, I, I think, for our listeners to, to hear. Um, so do you mind? I mean, I'm sure, you know, saving money and figuring out process and, you know, finding who is the best person to work with. I'm sure there were some challenges in all of that. Is there one challenge in in particular that you're comfortable sharing uh, and just kind of walking us through how how you overcame that? Um, And the reason I ask is because, you know, there are so many people out there facing challenges every day. And sometimes when, you know, you've hit a a block or um, maybe you got some bad feedback, it's very easy to kind of throw all of those dreams out the window over that one challenge or obstacle um so that's kind of the reason why I'd love to hear from you how you overcame that so our listeners who are maybe experiencing the same thing can can work it out
1: (laughs) yeah for sure it's there have been so many rejections uh that I I love sharing that I love that question because people you know you can talk on here and share like oh yeah I have this and that and it's good no like I have failed plenty of times and um, my career wasn't a straight shot. Like I'm not on orbs 30 under or 30 or anything like that. Like uh, it, it was it was work, and and so I can I, I guess I can share the transition, like getting that first job and getting that second job. It was hard. Um, so I mentioned going from grad school. I, I worked. I did a program where you do classes at night and you um, work full time during the day. And so I worked 32 hours a week at this company. And it was my first job. I was very grateful for that job because, um, like my my career and my grad school forced that that job. So it was nice to have that security. Just yeah. Like a student, you know, you want that first time job. You want to get that offer. Um, and then once you have it, you kind of settle in. You're like, do I like this? Like, yeah. I don't even compare this to. Um, and so it was hard for me. I hated consulting. Mm-hmm. I hated having two bosses. It seemed like sometimes. Uh, I would do really well with the client and I was spending so much time with them, but my relationship with my manager back and back home at the office was like suffering. Right. And I remember this really tough conversation I had with my manager where I was telling her like I wanted to do a certain type of work and the client wanted me to do that work, but it didn't align with the vision she had for my career. And um, like it was a really tough conversation. She yeah. was like, this is my this is my my department. And I was like, but this is my career. And I have never talked to a person now superior to me in that type of way. But in that conversation, um, it was very eye-opening because mm-hmm. she, she responded, and she—I think she had more respect for me after that conversation. Yeah. Um, and I left the company soon after, maybe like six months to a year after. But those six months to a year, like. There were tears and yeah. more, tough conversa- more tough conversations and promotions I was constantly for where I felt like I deserved them and just so much hard work and still having to, you know, go every day to this job, and, you know, maintain relationships with clients, um, and it was tough. I, I looked for lots of jobs, trying to get out, trying to get, like, prove, like, hey, look, I've been doing privacy for federal government clients. Yeah. Now let me do it, like, for operationally, like I really wanted to get in house somewhere and get out of consulting. And so many job interviews I would do well, and they would tell me like, no, the pay is less. Like you, you, you deserve more. So like that was tough. And then there were conversations where I just didn't hear from people ever again, like yeah. interviews. And it can get really, you can get really in your head and start thinking that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I finally did get a job, it was with the federal government. Um, and I didn't stay there long, but it's because Facebook ended up reaching out to me. And so it's hard to see sometimes when you're like applying and hearing all these no's or just like having the door shut on you and feel like, uh, it's hard to stay encouraged, but I would say just like stay encouraged and you have to really believe that whatever is meant for you, it's going to come because once that right door opens, so many other doors open. And now I'm so grateful for like... That first time experience, because now I go in, I know how to have a tough conversation yeah. with a manager. I know how to ask for what I want. Um, it taught me great stuff about negotiation and asking the right questions before I go to a job. And I it taught me like what I don't want to do, and I don't want to ever do consulting again. So that's you know that's not a question for me. Um, so yeah, it was tough, really tough. And I still I still fail at stuff um, now, but yeah, that was one of the toughest like times in my career. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean we can all relate to that and I love the fact that you basically unlocked those doors for yourself in that conversation, you know? And and it really came down to understanding your value, understanding what you're able to bring to the table and if someone else doesn't see that, then it's not good, it's not any sweat off your back. Um so I love that what would you say was, you know, through, through those times, what would you say was, um, the one driver to to kind of keep you motivated and engaged, whether it was a piece of advice or maybe somebody or something?
1: Yes. I had uh, really good mentors around me in that space during that time. Uh, right. even though my, my manager, and I think this is another good, good thing to like call out that I would say, and I say it to all the people I mentor all the time. Uh, everything's going to change at your company within three months. Like everything's going to be different. There's going to be somebody that joins. There's going to be somebody that leaves. Dynamics are always changing. So if you're comfortable, like that's great, but don't get too comfortable because stuff is going to (laughs) change. And if you're unhappy, just work through it. It's going to be okay too because, again, everything is going to change in three months. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think I I got through it through having other strong mentors, um, especially women who were, farther around in your career and could give me advice and tell me like like just confirm like you're doing a good job. I know this is tough, but like hang hang on about like
0: mm-hmm. this. hmm Yeah. That's awesome. So outside of that, what are some other um some other accomplishments that you would say that you're, you know, most proud for? Oh man.
1: Um, so when I was at Facebook, I I really wanted to uh speak. I was interested in kind of getting out there and my managers knew that. Again, I learned how to just speak up for myself. And there were other people in my team that wasn't a requirement to speak externally or anything like that, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I started at that time when I was at Facebook um, and becoming more confident in my skills as a privacy expert. Uh, I knew that I wanted to start branding myself independent of any company that I worked for. And so, I asked them for opportunities to speak publicly Mm -hmm. and um, one of them was at Facebook's developer conference. It's a conference they put on every year. Lots of people come from lots of different companies Mm -hmm. and um, I got a chance to speak at that conference and uh, about privacy and it's something I'm still very, very proud of to this day.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Getting the nerve to get up on stage and speaking about a topic. So in my opinion, like privacy and data, I don't even know how to have a full conversation about those things. I'm like, I know that's important. Uh, I don't know much more about that. <laughs> so I could only imagine. Yeah. It takes, it takes a lot of nerve to do that. Um, well, cool. So is there anything else, um, notable that, that you'd like to share, um, for, for our guests who, you know, are, are trying to figure out their career, figure out how, how to, um, find their passion. It sounds like, you know, you like I said earlier, you've really become an advocate of yourself uh, in the form of talking with managers. And you know, when you're at Facebook, kind of pitching pitching this idea that you wanted to do for yourself. Um, you also use Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn very heavily to um, to kind of promote promote you and and promote your own brand. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about that, like how you use how you use social media and technology to be that own be that that advocate for yourself.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think sometimes millennials get a bad rep for uh, self promotion, and then also like the side hustle mentality. Um, I've leaned into it. I I tried to like be quiet about it for a while, and also this this feeling one that you're like an imposter in your career and in the area you're expert in, and then second. That it's not okay to have multiple interests, um, and so like yes, I know a lot about privacy, and that's what I do like day to day, to, day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about that, but that's not that's not the only part of me. And so I think it's okay to um, embrace that and embrace your brand as a whole person. Um, and so yeah, I've been I've been coming out of that shell, and it opens so many more opportunities for you. Like that's why I'm talking to you now. i reached out and I you know started making a brand for myself outside of my my job. Um and honestly, what I found is that it doing that uh set you up for success for your next opportunity um either in your company and also outside of it. And so I used to be very afraid to say like, hey look, I like making jewelry. And you know, I also right. do jewelry on the side. But the reason I was able to start making jewelry and start like a jewelry business was because Facebook gives employees ads credits. Um, to test the, the ads pro- program right. and ads platform um, and so I learned from that job experience how to do that better and from the conversations I had on that job and that's staying with me um and so now I teach other jewelry makers that's another little little side
0: business wow I yeah there you go huh I said there you go it's just I feel like we're just adding to your list the more we're talking (laughs) yeah and it's okay like it's okay
1: to have varied interests and and talk about those things um and so for instance with the job for um for for Pinterest they reached out to me I haven't had to apply for a job since that that time I told you I was struggling at the very beginning of my career um I haven't had to apply for a job formally people have reached out to me And it put you in a very good position um, to negotiate. Um, But then also, like at Pinterest, they they, uh, were excited to hear about my real estate investing. They never asked for a resume. They used my LinkedIn as as their reference. And so that gave them the full understanding of who I was, not just, oh, me at a job. But no, this is me as a person. Um, And that's why I was able to confirm that it was a good fit. Because I wasn't going in there saying like, oh, I'm going to hide my, you know, my love for jewelry or my interest in real estate. They were getting the full picture of who I was and were still appreciating that. And it actually seemed to enhance their impression of me in the interview. So yeah, I think it can only help.
0: Yeah. So would you say that maybe for those who are applying to jobs, maybe the traditional way of of going about job the job search is changing and LinkedIn is kind of becoming more important than we think. Yes,
1: definitely l- use LinkedIn. I would say uh, be be careful about how you talk about your side hustle because it, depending on the company and the right. culture there, uh, it may be a deterrent. But I think that's something that you have to figure out for yourself where you want to be. Um, because if you're going into more of a more corporate environment, they may not understand that you have something on the side. Um, and so when you're ready to talk about that, I and mean, I think when you're ready to like put it on the line and say, look, this is me, I'm bringing my whole self, and you want a company that will align to that, mm-hmm. then yeah, it makes complete sense to talk about it and not be afraid. Um, but every company isn't gonna appreciate that, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, be careful, but yeah, you have to know, don't be afraid to be who you are. Personally. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That, that's the theme, that is definitely the theme of today. Well, cool. I just have one more question, and then I'll let you go. I'm. I'd love to hear what's on the horizon. I mean, we just kicked off a new year. Do you have any uh, resolutions or goals that you're working towards, whether they're career or personal?
1: Yeah, I try not to set resolutions. Yeah. Um, I try to be have a plan and execute against it. Um, and so, yeah, I don't have any specific like resolutions, but uh, I'm going to continue to. Uh, build my my property my portfolio around that. Um, with the new job, I'm also mm-hmm. kind of just heads down focusing on that right now, yeah. learning everything, ramping up. Uh, I, and then on the the like personal branding side, I want to do a lot more communications like this, mm-hmm. talking to and mentoring other people who might be starting out in their career or finding finding out what they're passionate about. Um, and then. Uh, just, I'm really focused this year on also talking about money and negotiations. Yeah, I think it's something, especially women, don't yeah. do a lot of. Um, and there's so many platforms now, um, uh, like Blind, where you can find out compensation information. Glassdoor is another one. Oh, wow. But I think uh, women in particular have to uh, – have to – learn and be comfortable talking about and, and advocating for yourself within the negotiation process. And it's not just, like, on-the-job interview. It's all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you have to learn how to negotiate and get what you want. Um, so I'm figuring out how to talk about that more and, and be comfortable even sharing my own experiences, both, like, on with jobs and money, yeah. but um, in other aspects, too.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear how that goes. And please help me out with all of that <laughs> stuff too. Maybe we'll circle back in a couple of months. and We can have some sort of workshop. Cause yeah, to your point, I mean, sometimes even if I'm like in a situation and I know I'm supposed to be there and I know I have a leg up, I am hesitant to maybe say what it is I actually want to say. And I'm, I'm more comfortable saying something that I know that the other person wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah I, I think it's it's very important and it's great that you're you're doing that work I, I'm happy <laughs> we, need, we need more Iyanas for sure in the world <laughs> thanks for listening to today's episode to hear more check out our website badassesintech.com and join our community we're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud so follow us and tune in next week that about sums it up I'm Summer Foggiano And this is Badasses in Tech.